understand from one perspective how you know the brain does change and how you can help your brain change and how you can actually optimize your true potential I'm back is the second episode of our realizing your full potential series with Karen and I can't wait to hear more about everything that we're going to talk about in this and also the um, the future two episodes that we're doing because as you know we always have four episodes in each series in the last episode please make sure you listen to it um, because it's um, very interesting inspiring and also touching um, because uh, Karen was introducing herself how she came about to be interested in realizing your full potential and how uh, which kind of method she, she found uh, that fascinated her to help herself um, her daughter and now also with the company other people in today's episode we're talking about how the brain works new pathways actually are built and how this affects your mental health and well-being welcome back karen Hello, thank you very much for inviting me back a second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't wait. Um, tell us, maybe we dive right in, tell us a bit more about how the brain actually works, new pathways are built and how, um, why this is important for how we see the world and how we learn and how we can rebuild maybe some of the new pathways and look into um different ways of learning for different abilities for different let's say um skill sets that uh, children have developed and are now maybe even adults or children are de still developing and you mentioned it um in the previous episode that children basically develop different skill sets in different ways yeah i guess you know, we're, we're all very unique as human beings, aren't we? And, uh, you know, our life experiences shape the way that we take in information and how we process information because, you know, with each experience that we have, we are building new neural pathways. You know, if it's a new experience, then event in our, in our mind, we'll have an experience and emotion and thought associated with that. And, you know, if we repeat it, it gets reinforced etc etc and of course you know when you have trauma as well you know that um that also affects how the how the brain develops so you know for uh, um when, whenever i'm just thinking back when when i had my when my daughter was born and the multitude of questions that you know i had to answer um periodically while she was growing up and then you know um i think in the first episode we talked about uh, the challenges that my daughter had not in great detail but um, she had challenges going into um, school into a bigger school and uh, we discovered then that something wasn't quite quite right and uh, when I took her to, to see psychologists they were asking me everything about her birth the type of birth that she'd had whether it was cesarean section whether it was a vaginal birth or, you know were there any other interventions like forceps etc because all of these things impact the way um a human, a new human, um, experiences the world. And ultimately, you know, that information is translated back into the brain and the brain and the subconscious and the conscious response to it in, in a way that, you know, makes that a positive or a negative experience. Um, so the cerebellum is responsible for um, a number of functions. 
um, for example, voluntary movement um, and coordination of that movement, for balance, for posture, um, for gross and for motor skills, um, you know, the ability to hold a, a pen or a pencil and apply appropriate pressure to that pen or that pencil, and for, for learning and storing um, information away um, in the cerebellum. The cerebellum creates what we call automaticity. It automatizes uh, skills um, for mental function and emotional processing. And um, the cerebellum you know, obviously works with you know, a multitude of uh, areas within the brain. I'm no brain expert. This is an area of, of the brain that I'm particularly interested in because um, it's impacted my family <laughs> in more than uh, one or two ways. Uh, the cerebellum um, works with the what's known as the prefrontal cortex, if you like, or the, the thinking brain. The thinking brain when we process all our information um, before it then is moved on into the cerebellum and you know, translated into movements and new neural pathways and, and the like. So um, if you're overloaded, so the, the, the prefrontal cortex, if you like, or the thinking brain can only hold about seven pieces of information at any one time. And if, for example, your cerebellum um, hasn't developed appropriately to coordinate eye movement, let's say, and I'll use my daughter as a particular example because she has a minor eye tracking issue, but that was enough to cause her significant problems at school and um, has impacted her ability to process information. And so if I explain that for you, so bearing in mind you can only hold about seven pieces of information in your thinking brain at any one time. If your eyes aren't working properly because your cerebellum isn't coordinating the movement of those eyes properly and you're trying to copy information down from a board and you're trying to listen to a teacher speak and you're trying to um, make your hand move to write and you're also trying to balance yourself on your chair and you're also being distracted by somebody else perhaps tapping the ruler on the desk um, you can already guess now we're already a couple of pieces of information over uh, that that we can take in, in, in our prefrontal cortex because those things um, then become um, a distraction and you're trying to focus on making your eyes work. You are already putting all your effort in to focusing on your eyes and you are becoming exhausted and tired and your ability to process information and store it away is becoming severely limited. So you are slowing down. So my daughter, for example, she couldn't work her eyes. She would struggle with all those other um, distractions. Um, she would then have effectively what you, you know, she'd become so overloaded that all she could see was white noise. She would, um, then becomes so overwhelmed that she would become distressed. And um, the cerebellum is also responsible for emotional control. So she's distressed and she's overloaded, that there is no ability for her to control emotion. And she would have a meltdown in the classroom. And of course, she wouldn't have processed anything that she would have been trying to learn, or she would have been a limited amount of information that she'd been trying to, to learn in the classroom. Does that make sense, Christine? It does. And it never ever crossed my mind uh, that 
all these automated uh, things that we do on autopilot, balancing on the chair, um, focusing on what someone says, is already information that we have to process. But it's true because um, when people always say, oh, we can hold uh, seven pieces of information, uh, but we get, I, I don't know the number, 50,000 information at a time if we see social media have the TV running uh, and so on, um, that even the basic, let's say, things that we do is already information that we have to process, that we have, that our brain has to work for. Um, so thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving us this specific example because it's really eye-opening yeah yeah you know for me you know learning about the cerebellum and learning about the zing program you know just made so much sense to me and it just you know i'd had the educational psychologist report for my daughter and um, would, would go through them and we'd have the accommodations you know like giving extra time and uh, breaking information down into bite-sized chunks which is all really really good scaffolding tools but never really getting to the to the core issue which is what um this program the zinc program that i optimize me have, have brought to the uae actually actually does um and so you know it was a no-brainer for us to get started on this program um, with my daughter so the cerebellum go back to the cerebellum and this process that, you know, that it does it also obviously takes in sensory information we talk about the proprioceptive and the vestibular systems and you know our sense of space you know ability to put your finger on your nose with your eyes closed and you know, some people can't actually do that um and that's because their sensory system is not working properly or their ear in terms of the vestibular system the balance and coordination you know if you've got um, auditory processing challenges um then um, that's affecting your vestibular system um, being able to balance and coordinate control body body movements um so this development of the cerebellum is, is um, quite critical um, in child, childhood. And if, if trauma or you know, development stages are missed out, then the, the cerebellum is going to have um, uneven development, um, which is why it's really critical for children to, to be able to move around and um, play outside. You know, all those things that we've actually moved away from, I think, just with the type of lifestyle that we have now and even you know, thinking to COVID, I know it's kind of a dirty word, I think it's the, the bane of everybody's life now, mm. but you know, had to, I'm hearing stories of children go back into school and really struggling to get back into school um, and focus to, to learn. And they've had so much time um, sitting at home, not being able to go out and, and interact. And so, so you know, you're missing out on developmental opportunities um, whilst we're sitting around not doing a great deal or locked away in houses. Anyway, so... Um, Moving on, so the cerebellum processes sensory information. It's responsible for a, a bunch of other um, activities um, in terms of um, how we move and taking information. And the cerebellum, interestingly, is known as the little brain. And it's um, a little area of the brain tucked away behind the hind brain or the bigger brain. And um, it, it holds about 75% more neurons than the, the big brain. Um, so this little walnut-shaped um, piece of the brain is, is so, so critical in, in how we develop and how we function throughout life. And so, you know, bringing um, the Zing program to Dubai for me was um, an opportunity to, to really help individuals um, understand 
from one perspective, how you know the brain does change and how you can help your brain change and how you can actually optimize your true potential by reprogramming the brain um, and um, you know creating workarounds um, to develop the skill and automate the skill required to I mean for children in this particular example for children to be able to learn but the cerebellum you know the, the, the program sense is and, and the zinc program sense it, it's not just focused in on um, children and the ability to learn new tasks um, you can programs also been developed for the sports professionals it's also been developed for older people who want to maintain cognition and uh, balance coordination as we get older and um, for adults who you know didn't get that um, full development when they were in childhood so it's never ever too late to to go back and and optimize your um, cerebellum if you like and um, create new uh, ability to, to, to learn process information. Um, so if you've always been somebody that's been disorganized, then the Zing program could help you um, in that. If somebody that's forgetful um, and advanced coordination programs, then this program will also help. Amazing. And um, this is where, when, when I went into neurolinguistic programming and understood a bit more how the brain works, and this is where people forget that you can build neural pathways intentionally for specific things that you want to achieve in life. And I think once you realize this, it's, it's, uh, I think things change for, for you and um, you, you, there's hope <laughs> because maybe some people think, oh no, it's, it's, it's that way. This is how I, how I was brought up. This is how, how my brain works. This is how, how I work. Uh, this is how I learn or not to learn in this case, okay, accepting that maybe you have these difficulties, okay, you need to accept that anyway, but then you can do something about it. And this can really be life-changing, not only, like you said, for children, but also um, for the adults that are looking into improving and realizing their full potential. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, it's never, it's never ever too late. And um... You know, whilst most of our brain development is completed by the age, I think it's 20, mm -hmm. 29, there's still opportunity to, um, to create and, uh, and develop and, and learn and build. Mm -hmm. um, it's just fascinating. It, you're absolutely right. It's just fascinating. <laughs> and it's within, our, it's within our gift to do it. Exactly. They, you know, the research is, is all out there supporting this. You know, every day I go on the internet, I'm always... You know, continuously learning and researching you know, there's yeah. links now to, to to adhd i mean i don't want to get into 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 the label side of it too much but mm. um these kids that get labels for adhd but if you take it right back to the the, the development of the cerebellum um kids with autism um, we've got a certain level of potential each and every one of us has got our own levels of potential it's not turning everybody into you know a, a superman um but it is about actually going well you know we can do this much we can do this much in this in these many areas and it's you know understanding that there is you know potential for more for more growth and maybe that's another 10 or 20 percent on top of your your potential is as it's assessed at any one moment in time but you, you 
you optimize your brain through i mean yeah, yeah, i talked about the importance of, of physical exercise you know um you the the way that this program works the zing program that, that optimize me have brought to, to the world the way it works is it creates a a bespoke set of um, exercises designed to challenge the brain to promote you know again the word neurogenesis which is this um, effectively biohacking the brain and, and creating new stem cells you can create new stem cells in your cerebellum through exercise okay so uh, the research behind this particular program is um, understanding the type of movement that will create the, the challenge to develop that particular area of the brain based on um, a baseline assessment that is, is done um, um, initially before you start the program and then um, you track that um, over a period of time to see how much progress you've made. But um, neurogenesis, for example, it's, it's triggered by neurogenic signals which um, you know, come from stimulating activity in, in brain regions um, and that then stimulates the neural stem cells that, that go on to create these neural pathways okay um, now effectively you know, this is starting at its most basic level um, developing a new nerve cell known as neurogenesis right. those neurons uh, work by sending and receiving you know, uh, chemical, electrochemical signals um, with other neurons in the brain. And they connect to each other. It's like joining the dots up. I always kind of visualize this as, you know, looking at it like a, a junction box, if you like, where perhaps you've had some tradesman that hasn't done a very good job at connecting all your, um, <laughs> your electrical wiring up. Mm -hmm. And so you you kind of go in and you re-evaluate re it, you get a baseline, you go, right, well, that needs to go there. And, and you, you, you then start work on putting, putting the neurons together and, and rebuilding or putting new, new wiring in um, and joining the dots and creating this fully functional system that, that um, might work, you know, that, that's going to turn all the lights on in your house remotely or automatically <laughs> uh, in its simplistic form. Yeah, so, you know, we talked and, you know, I mentioned the physical activity. Um, mm. This physical activity affects the brain um, along with the rest of the body. And, you know, activities like running or bicycling um, increase the rate at which brain produces neurons. But, you know, within the Zing program, we're not riding a bike or whatever. We're, we're doing other things like enforcing two sides of the brain to kind of work together. Um, and it's quite fascinating and interesting to see the speed at which um, improvements can be made. Well, then I'm uh, thanking you again for your time, for your input, for this wow moment. Um, in the next episode, we will be talking about reframing um, certain things and labeling. Labeling people, is it necessary? How did it change maybe over time? Um, how can maybe the labeling also help um, to look into the neural pathways and rewiring the brain? Um, thank you for your time, Karen, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you very much, Christine. 
That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.